Live from the Purple Art Studio at Marlin High School. This is Manly Marlin, our opportunity to engage our community mainly by Marlin. But we talk about other things too. My name is Daryl Tree Henson, your proud superintendent. Today I'm joined with Lawrence Crawfish Galloway, Stacy Chirp Chirp Parker, and Patrice Woodson. And I'm Director of Technology, Adam Lejeune. And I'm Zach Esparza, the Network Systems Analyst. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is going to focus on literacy, the importance of reading, writing, and then the ability to communicate with your peers in any various formats. We are joined in the studio by our Director of Curriculum, Ms. Patrice Woodson. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This year, Marlon ISD showed gains in reading and writing. So I want for you to speak to us a little bit about your new role and just the overall focus on literacy that we will have in the Marlin Independent School District. Thank you so much for having me. So we will focus heavily on early literacy. I'm so excited about that focus and that drive, that early literacy initiative this academic school year. So as we know, early literacy is a push, not just in Marlin ISD, but across the state of Texas. Literacy encompasses all of the science of teaching reading. As we know, if we cannot read, we cannot function. Mm. It will right. impact every content area, right? So we will hone in on every component of literacy. So that is why we will focus heavily on the science of teaching reading. So, so has teaching reading changed from, we all grew up with, they would say, back in the day, and it was a strong yeah. focus on phonics. So talk to us about has wow. the science of reading changed from 1970s, 1980s, <laughs> 1920s, 1870s to now in 2021? You know, that's a great question, uh, Dr. Henson. So yes, it has. It oh, absolutely well, I, has. I was shocked to hear that. I didn't yes, know that. Yes, it has. So Because hooked I'm, on phonics works for me. <laughs> I still stutter, but I can read, though. It, it actually has. So, you know, we hear the term balanced literacy, and then we hear the science of teaching reading. You know, so although they're used interchangeably, we have to know that we have to teach the science of reading, and then the balance will come naturally, right? So, so decoding. We know a lot of mm, children can I'm decode glad that words. You mentioned mm. decoding. Mm -hmm. So they could break mm. down what mm -hmm. an empire is. Mm. But do mm. they truly know what empire is? Yeah, they'll think on Fox Four. On Fox Four? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, miss, I missed the mm -hmm. last season. They'll yeah. think yeah. of Lucius. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they're going to think about a true mm -hmm. kingdom. So decoding. I'm glad Phonics, you brought up awareness. I'm glad you brought that up. So listen, so reading comprehension happens, right? But it has to happen when decoding and reading acquisition happens together, right? So reading comprehension will happen, but decoding and reading acquisition has to multiply together. And then once that arithmetic goes together, then reading comprehension will come naturally. Okay. But that arithmetic practice has to happen. And then the balance literacy will come together. So you know how naturally children will learn how to walk and learn how to talk, right? That's kind of a natural progression. Father Abraham. Okay, mm -hmm. there you go. But again, when when we learn how to read and, and, and learn how to comprehend, we must first learn the phonics, which is that decoding practice. And then we have to multiply the language acquisition. 
And then that comes the reading comprehension. But that reading comprehension is not going to come without the decoding Correct. and the, mm-hmm. la- the language acquisition. So those two pieces has, has to multiply together for the reading comprehension to come together. So that's that multiply, that's the reading comprehension arithmetic that has to happen. So oftentimes we forget about those two pieces that have to come together so that we can get that reading comprehension that comes at that stage. So Dr. Parker, Mm -hmm. this year you supervised and managed all of the district academics. And we know that we showed great gains in reading and yes, writing. Yes, we did. What do you want to attribute to those gains? Well, I want to attribute to the fact that uh, just as Miss um, Woodson stated, we did focus on balanced literacy and we mm-hmm. did um, hit hard, particularly in our higher uh, tested grade level areas, noting that five out of the eight grade levels that are tested showed double digit gains mm-hmm. in reading. Double. Uh, double, double digit. I mean, double. Mm-hmm. Ten plus plus. Double plus. met twins. Double <laughs> met twins. And, you know, and that is great. Well, we saw where um, some of our our peers around the state um, actually experienced declines. So that shows that mm-hmm. we have that one step forward and bringing in that early literacy piece is just going to take us to greater heights. I'm so excited. Anytime that your kids can demonstrate double digit gains is mm-hmm. letting you know that they can do it. Absolutely. And yes. through mm-hmm. great instruction where we have an explicit focus on literacy mm-hmm. and not just trying to do random acts of improvement to where we have a diphthong here and a consonant, a consonant blend there. Yeah. We focus in on mm-hmm. decoding times reading or language acquisition there that would equal comprehension. Mr. Mm-hmm. Galloway, who taught you mm-hmm. how to read? Did I, Geraldine <laughs> help you decode? <laughs> Geraldine, every summer, gave me a steno pad. Mm. <laughs> I remember that. And I had to write my name, our address, telephone numbers, my mom's first name just to get into writing and memorizing. Mm-hmm. But I also Could did, you spell Geraldine? I, I could spell it at the age of three. I was <laughs> learning how to write Geraldine R. Barrera Galloway. Write <laughs> 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 it all out. But what I learned, honestly, what I learned to read was at church. Mm-hmm. So in okay. church, when, you know, when we popcorn read, vacation Bible oh. school. <laughs> but you and, and you can't say skip me. You can't you say you cannot say skip no, me. No opt out. No you cannot say skip before me. Before Harry Wong, Wong, before mm-hmm. all of them, Harry it was Wong. Sister Gladys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No opt out. There no was no out. opt out. And when it got to you, pause at the comma, stop at mm-hmm. the period mm-hmm. and stand up. And so you had to read your section of the vacation Bible school book, Sunday school book or whatever it was. So that's why I learned how to read. And you had to learn to read with pride. Put some bass in your voice. Read, read like you know what you read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those were the mm-hmm. hardest words that oh. I felt like. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. King James. Oh, I, to this yes. day, I refuse to read the New Testament. <laughs> I want the old school. I feel like it's not real. We went through that. We so did. I feel like, and we mm-hmm. had to read. That was some thous. Mm-hmm. And we, mm-hmm. I mean, yes. those were some mm-hmm. hard words. You were three years old saying Hatterack. But those the. Mm-hmm. At three. Wow. At three. Yeah, that, that's for me, that's where it was. But I'm with you on the comprehension mm-hmm. piece. And I wonder mm-hmm. with reading, where do we teach kids, like, what is a patio? Where do we mm-hmm. teach kids, yes. what is an empire? Like, mm-hmm. I can show you a picture, mm-hmm. but where do I actually right. allow you to right. dive life, life into it, mm-hmm. of an empire? Right. So that's where the teacher has to bring in those real world experiences, right? Mm-hmm. You have to create that environment. 
you have to bring in those enriched conversations. So first, you know, and that's the power of teaching. That's the power of the small group table as well and, and the learning experiences. So through reading comprehension, first you have to promote word study. You know, mm -hmm. you have to promote vocabulary. You know, you have to teach those language acquisition in, in the word study and teach those sounds and blends and phonemes so they can understand what what a pilot is or what uh, where where the forest is or where the ocean or who is. Because, was. You know, Absolutely. exactly because you know some students have never been there. Right. So you have to create the, those environments within the classroom. Um, so that that's where the teacher gets to be creative. Uh, so so they can bring out that atmosphere. So that, it in those said environments. that. Mm -hmm. A parent is a child's first teacher. Yes. Oh yeah. Miss oh, Woodson. Yeah. Oh yeah. Your Absolutely. parent was your oh, teacher. Man. Mm. Yeah, yeah. How was it growing up <laughs> with your reading teacher yeah. as your mother? Wow. Um so my, my grandmother as well, yeah, was uh, a music teacher. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, no, but she actually worked uh, within the the school district. Okay. Yeah. okay. But my mom was actually my teacher, my sixth grade reading teacher. <laughs> um, so it was interesting. So I mentioned that uh, I could not call her, you know, mom. So that was hard. What we say about old school um, kids? Yeah. They you hold know, you accountable. She, she she definitely <laughs> held me accountable, just like every other learner. Don't embarrass um, me in this room. Uh, listen, you know, <laughs> it's it's not, I'm not mama. I'm not Mama. Do not embarrass me. <laughs> you know, I get home and it was strict. You know, you do your homework, you, you get your books, you get your studies on. And when it came to the English language, mm -hmm. she was strict, you know. So anytime we would, you know, I would, you know, mess up the English language, she would get it, get it right, Patrice. You know, get it right. That's not how you would say that word. So uh, she was very strict, and I learned very quickly to to address the language language correctly. I think my mom was the same, but she wasn't an educator. But she grew up in a time where you know there was uh, separate water fountains and yeah. that. And her her biggest thing is no matter what your circumstance, they're not going to know. And through her reading and language and how you speak was important. And I can remember being five or six, running in the house and. Of course, I grew up in the neighborhood, and so grammar was not, uh, uh, it was one on the north side, <laughs> forward, forward north side. Grammar was not um, the thing, and so I said, I synced it. My mama turned around, you did what? I synced it. You did what? We did that for about five minutes. She said, no, you saw it. I have seen it. So she was my first grammar teacher. And that's what I love. I love that level of correction yeah. from yeah. your first teacher your parents, yeah. your family members. Yeah. Very similar stories. My mother was huge on education. She ensured that my brother and I, we were going to learn something. Yeah. Mm. You don't bring home anything less than a 90 mm. because you have the capacity to do mm. better and to earn more. <laughs> Reading was not my favorite subject. I was a mathematics guy, science, and I definitely love physical education. But Anita Joyce Demerson Henson, <laughs> she wasn't worried about me not liking reading, but she understood the importance of yes. literacy in a presentation. Yeah. I think back to being two and three years old, and a lot of it does go back to the church, mm -hmm. having to memorize yes. mm -hmm. Easter mm -hmm. speeches. Mm -hmm. You waddle up to the podium. With bow tie and a vest. Bow tie and a vest. <laughs> I bet you were so cute. <laughs> and you provide <laughs> greetings, and you either have memorized or you're having to read a speech. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you may have not had any language acquisition, <laughs> but you decoded <laughs> those words. You sure did. Right. Let them use you. <laughs> and you're Take like, your time. Take your time. And, mm-hmm. and you're three. But you're not, you're not going to embarrass mm-hmm. me. No, that's true. And mm-hmm. so that level of motivation, yeah. expecting excellence mm-hmm. in reading, in writing, mm-hmm. and in presenting, I definitely have to attribute to my mother, my first teacher, and my grandmother was the same way. Whenever you mm-hmm. get sick, you would think, I'm going to stay out from school. Oh, no. Mm-mm. You're going to grandma's house. Mm-hmm. And grandma would always say, have you done your lesson? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my lesson. Have you done my your lesson? lesson. <laughs> have you done your lesson? <laughs> and my pencil broke. Dear. You know, you call, mm-hmm. I call my grandma dear. Dear, do you have a pencil sharpener? She put out a straight blade razor. <laughs> <laughs> Make it work. That felt like my uncle. And <laughs> it, it cut my pencil. <laughs> and it was sharp as can be. Make it work. I wrote the best letters that day. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's word was ain't. She, didn't, she did not like for you to use the word ain't mm-hmm. around her. And so she would definitely correct you. My mother, you know, she wasn't college educated, but my mother, same thing. You're not going to produce no junk. You're not going to bring me just anything. Mm-hmm. And you don't embarrass me in front of these church people. No, no. Mm-hmm. Don't get up there, act like you got some sense, mm-hmm. was the way she would say mm-hmm. it. And that taught pride. And yes. that made me learn, like, I need to learn how to get this word right through mm-hmm. all whatever speech impediments you may have. You better learn to say it and say it right. Yes. I have one. <laughs> Speech impediment. I still have one. And I do too. And it, and you can hear it. I have a lisp. And so growing up, I was in uh, second grade, M.M. Walton, Fort Worth ISD. I'm very proud, Fort Worthian. And I was, it, 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 I made it up. It so um, Decoding. I came home and I told my mom, it's I part said, of that arithmetic. I, I told my mom, I said, I don't think that they, know that I can read and she said why it's like I'm in the room and my book is see pug run see I say mama I can read words harder than this and she said well baby let me go to the school well it's because I had a lisp and I wouldn't there were certain words I couldn't pronounce and they equated that with me not being able to read so they just threw Mm -hmm. me in the low reading group no and i totally understand mm-hmm. that so <clears throat> i've had to deal with and cope with having a pretty strong standard stutter my mm-hmm. entire life at times i can mask it but galloway we've had conversations mm-hmm. and all of us well, i'm like is he really a pill stutter i can't help it mm-hmm. and so the pressure mm-hmm. came from slow down okay like i'm choosing <laughs> to speak like this <laughs> slow down okay, um i can't control it so one way to help me control my stutter was to read Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. as I'm decoding, my brain is overly focused on something. Mm -hmm. So now I'm about to give some free advice. Now, I'm not a certified speech pathologist, okay, but I pictured the words in my head. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly reading everything that I say. So as I speak to you right now, I have a ticker growing going across my brain to help me control Mm -hmm. my stutter. My stutter will typically come from a conversation, which I haven't had time to prepare and read my answer across my brain. Slow down. That actually makes sense. Which you've mastered that because you now you are able to come off of the dome. So you have mm-hmm. really mastered mm-hmm. that strategy. Because my mother tell. said you're not going to embarrass me. Good job. Speech impediment all. You're not going to embarrass me. So we're, we're all educators. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure the first time that we taught a lesson <laughs> was not the first time that we went into a oh, classroom. No. Who in here played school? I did. I did. <laughs> I, I did too. I have to admit. Yeah. yeah. I remember we were in down in Lamarck, Texas. We went to the old outlet mall. 
and I got this blue chalkboard easel. Now, granted, I still, I was a kid. I love WWF. I love my basketball and my football. But it's always been inside of me to be a teacher Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I couldn't tell you. And I actually taught my Hulk Hogan's, um, my, my stuffed animals. I had a big fluffy tomato, by the way. I don't know what a tomato is. Oh. Yeah, it was fluffy. It probably has COVID on it now. Yeah, yeah. But, but is that it, from the tomato people, the monster thing? I, I think so. Probably and probably. It wasn't yeah. the pin cushion, a gigantic pin cushion? It, it was just big red tomato. Big but, red one. But uh-huh. my point is, though, I, I taught my tomato. And as I was teaching them, I had the fun. And I pretend like they got the concepts. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I taught besides math, I was teaching them how to read Mm, and the hmm. importance of literacy to Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho Man (laughs) Randy Savage. Loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually played school, but my first lesson before being a teacher was my little sister. I have a sister (laughs) that's five years uh, younger than I am. And, you know, I feel like my brother and I, we... We were blessed in the brains department, and she's smart-ish, but she would come home and help me with my math. I don't understand that, and so I learned patience as I'm trying to help her. Okay, no, sister, you do it like, I got it, I got it, I got it. I, okay, sister, no, you do it like, no, I know, I know, I know. Well, no, you don't know, sister. And so with that, I learned how to go through an instruction cycle with my sister. And then she would say, Mama Stacy's not helping me. That's not how my teacher showed me. But that was mm, us. Yes. And then we'd also play school on the weekend. It was like, you didn't like school, but you played school. I didn't get Correct. that concept. Did. <laughs> what was really funny for me in that same situation was, you know how you play in school, which I did too. You kind of walk around like the teacher walks around yes. and you monitor <laughs> the classroom. As I became an educator working with students, you know how you tell them you're going to read the next paragraph, so be prepared so they can prepare themselves. Yes. And I didn't realize that was a real thing. I didn't realize that was a real teaching strategy to help students. You're getting ready to read. So go ahead and read this paragraph one time over before Patrice finishes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So letting you know now. So playing school like that helped me build my capacity as a teacher, right. as an educator. When I became a math teacher, it helped me work with diff- Hulk Hogan's uh-huh. tomatoes. Oh, you had all your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> fingers. I'm going to leave my tomato alone. <laughs> Toma- different, tomato different was people. GT. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That tomato, he could, he could decode any empire. Oh, now, Patrice, did you play school with real people? Because uh, I did. I, I didn't play with inanimate objects. Listen, absolutely. Leave us alone. So, so, you know, my mom, she taught school for like 30, 32 years, yeah. I believe. So as a little taught girl. Taught is a past tense word. Present tense. She still teaches. Miss Wilson is still at Marlin Middle School. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. So, g- going back, um, so when I was a young girl, um, she when I was actually watching her teach in the classroom. So right now she's like push in, pull out. But when she was actually teaching in the classroom, uh, I used to stay after school, and she had tutorials. And when she uh, was uh, watching and probing the classroom, I would help her. And I used to bring in my little Barbie dolls. Okay, so you had them too. (laughs) (laughs) Get your tomato. (laughs) I have my little Barbie dolls and station set up and everything. I'm telling it was real. It was real. And I used to grab her books. And in the back of the class, Mm -hmm. I had my own little class. Mm. So while she had her tutorials going on, I had my tutorials going on at the same time. (laughs) 
And then, of course, when I went home, it continued. Yes. So I had my whole class set up in her class, and then I went home and continued my lesson. So I watched her teaching cycle, and I continued the teaching cycle at home. But watch this. When I became a teacher, I taught first grade, mm-hmm. right? And I remember my mentor at the time. Her name is Beverly Carr. Shout out to Beverly Carr. <laughs> she told me one thing as a first grade teacher. You teach those babies how to read, mm-hmm. yes. right? She told me that. You teach those babies yes. how to read. So as I became, I, I felt like I was a master teacher at that time as a first grade teacher. But anyhow, I remember watching my mom mm-hmm. and how she taught reading instruction and I, I was just remembering all the things that she was doing as a reading teacher sixth grade reading teacher and I practiced and practiced and just rolled over all of those practices I saw in her modeling and I rolled over all of those practices into my first grade practice as a reading mm-hmm. teacher right and all the practices I was doing as a young adult you know as a young child and I, I felt like a master teacher so as a then, first grade what teacher. What is one best practice that that you would take from playing school to teaching school as an educator? Small group instruction. There it is. Okay. Yep. Small group instruction. Individualized instruction. My Absolutely. Multiple ways. Everybody's different. You got to teach them at their because level. Because the tomato was at a different level. Le- yes. G- the GT mm-hmm. tomato? The GT tomato. Then mm-hmm. his Hulk Hogan. Then my Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then her Barbie. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But your mom is mm-hmm. from a different generation, too. Oh, yeah. Your mom is mm-hmm. from, you going to read <clears throat> some yeah. way, mm-hmm. somehow. So how did you instill that mm-hmm. into, or how do we translate that now into literacy with this generation yeah. and bring it to Marlon to make sure we have that same tenacity yes. and that right. same impact right. on kids? Right. Having the drive, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you asked Dr. Henson at the very beginning, see, my mom, I think back then, you know, our, our parents, the, the older generation, they had, hey, you're going to do it. Yes. yes. It is yes. what it is. You know, those Easter speeches, it was remote memorization. Here, here. Hey, here it is. You know how much we hated you Easter speeches. figure it out. Up. You better get it by you five o'clock. You better show up. Think about the egg. <laughs> And that Saturday before. Well, first of all, my barrettes was too tight and the dress was buttoned. And if you don't get it, you're going to get a whooping when you get home. Yes. You're not watching He-Man until I hear your Easter speech. You know, anxiety all Saturday (laughs) afternoon. I'm like, you know what? I'm about to go to the tomb myself. (laughs) And it was serious. Um, but, but, but the paradigm shift, I mean, it is a shift. You know, education has changed. You know, we're in the 21st century. Um, so although the skills and the concepts have not changed, um, the science of teaching and reading um, has shifted a bit. You know, but that arithmetic um, has not changed. But the way we teach it, we have to do, we have to adjust it just a little bit. So with that arithmetic, we have to hone in on the decoding and the language acquisition to get to the reading comprehension. So although the concepts and the skills have not been, I mean, they haven't left, you know, because those skills still exist. You know, those skills were still taught in Hooked on Phonics. And, you know, they haven't went anywhere. You know, it's just we have to hone in on those concepts because nowadays they are not taught explicitly. You know, when I went to school, honestly, I did not learn how to teach phonics. I had to learn it as a first grade teacher. And TEA now is mandating reading academies because now they're saying, 
do teachers really know the mm, science of teaching teacher. reading? And somehow I think that the science of teaching reading is almost creeping back to our old school parents' way of teaching. Who remembers mm -hmm. writing mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. how many kids today really honestly know a noun, an adverb in every part of the sentence? Do y'all remember right. the tree? Mm -hmm. yes. And you had yes. to do the lines. The, that's what mm -hmm. it was yes. called. And it was mm -hmm. like the noun was by itself and yeah. then do underline the verb yes. twice and right. the verb, right. Right. like a mm -hmm. verb phrase. Who knows the adverb? Who knows that? Do they still right. have the books that say, you know, this week we're going to do the sound? Uh, and they do all your spelling words or the or the silent PH or do they still do that? And like, is that part, right. that's part of the phonics right. part? Right, absolutely. Of learning. Yeah, okay. right, absolutely. There's just a scope and sequence on how we gotcha. learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, one thing that I would take from my playing school days mm -hmm. was just the level of engagement. Yes. I began my career as a fourth grade self-contained teacher. So it was all content areas. Mm -hmm. Naturally, we're gonna excel in mathematics, right. science, and social studies. Yeah. And without having prior training on how to teach phonics instruction, it was learn as I go. Right. But I knew if I could be engaging enough and have you understand the importance, it's a wonderful thing when students have that level of self-efficacy. Absolutely. And I said that without stuttering. You did. You did. Because I put the word across my forehead. You did. did you do popcorn reading in fourth grade? I did, but only because <laughs> that's what I thought was best. Yes. A lot of times that was not best for my class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the way to even maximize deer instruction, I would put a note in each child's book, a little sticky tab, that said, when you stopped here, come to me. I'm going to ask you a question. And they'll pop up okay. there and come mm -hmm. ask me a question. If you got it right, you can go to recess early. Mm. That's how I knew that the children were reading independent reading. Yes, mm -hmm. You would read the two or three pages within mm -hmm. however time. That's come it. to me, whatever your book is on, you would provide me with the answer, and then you would kind of go out the back door to recess. That's it. Once they realized what I was doing, when I tell you their fluency rate <laughs> went, <laughs> and their comprehension <laughs> went up, mm -hmm. all, yes. all behind some kickball. Look. But that orange, that red ball is serious. Yes, and it kickball. is. That red Elementary, ball. I taught third grade reading. That's something serious. That's serious. Yeah. Not, nothing beats a good kickball game. No. You can get a lot of a kid behind a cupcake and some kickball. I'm, I guarantee if we had a world championship Marlin kickball team, oh, yeah. it, it would go down. Oh, yes. Well, how I tricked my kids how to write, I had a, you know, third graders, and you probably know from fourth grade, they're little tattletales. And so <laughs> I got tired of, because I came they from are. high school you teaching. You had them writing confession letters? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I had a doll. And actually, the doll is in my office now in, um, in here in Marlin. His name is Timmy. Got it from my son who worked at the movie theater and it was called tell it to timmy i got tired of you tattling so timmy had a thing of sticky notes and it was timmy you had to write to timmy what happened to you you weren't gonna come tell me unless you were bleeding or about to pass out timmy had to hear it so you wrote timmy when i tell you but i told him now if timmy can't read this then miss parker don't know how to resolve it when i tell you timmy notes those notes got eloquent so and so was fighting me and hitting me and this but that's how i tricked my kids into writing more outside of just writing but timmy had sticky notes this thick but it was also conflict resolution gotcha. yes. but it was cool. writing in that's that cool. skill so you have to find that way mm -hmm. so there is a pure yes. importance of literacy i'm very mindful that people but more importantly our children yes. are going to be judged based off their written mm -hmm. and oral communication skills yes. absolutely why is literacy so important here in the marlin independent school district <laughs> 
literacy is important, I think, just in general, particularly here in Marlin. I'm a, a big advocate of you have to show representation when you're not there. I used to tell my kids that when I taught math, you know, I can't, you're not here to defend yourself, so you have to show your work in written form. Same with literacy. If you're not in the room when the teacher's grading, I need to be able to see your comprehension or your steps through what you write so I can see what you understand so that I can correct you if needed. But here in Marlin, the, it's vital and it's important because these students go so many places. Yes. They go to so many oh, different yes. universities because we're in the heart of Texas. They have so many different diagonals, different ways that they can go. And it's vital that they're able to communicate in different ways, mm -hmm. even if it's visual, even if it's written, even if it's or whatever it is, because our kids now can do so much more. Mm -hmm. They oh, want to yeah. start a YouTube channel. They want to start mm -hmm. an IG mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. They have to be able to communicate and have a clear communication, but it starts and that pre-K Easter speech Absolutely. that you get to make sure that you can do it. And literacy is life, and you just mm -hmm. touched on it. That's, That's the five it. things yeah. you have to be able to do. Read, write, mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. People forget yes. about the yes. thinking piece. <laughs> and speak, and you have to do that. And that's going to be a skill that is useful no matter what you do. And so I think that we're all very literate, and it shows mm -hmm. um, how we encompass all of those competencies. And so that's what I think Absolutely. for our kids today. For me, literacy is so important in Marlon ISD. Because we have to protect our children. Yes. Yeah. I don't want them being judged mm -mm. or being thought of as less than because they might exhibit some deficits in literacy. Absolutely. Right. So we have a sheer obligation mm -hmm. to teach them explicitly mm. and provide them with the skill set and the ability to read, yes. write, and speak in a sense where the words of what you're saying are right. going to be respected and taken seriously mm. because you do come from Marlin. Yeah. You are a Marlin Bulldog. Right. And there is a level of pride yes. and sheer intelligence of what it means to walk down these hallways and receive instruction. Yes. So right. for me, the importance of literacy is to protect our children's integrity, yes. mm -hmm. protect their minds, and allow them with the ability to do whatever they want to do going forward. Absolutely. I echo everything of what you all just said. And just to allow them to walk and stand as a bulldog. You know, I think, you know, when you say being a strong um, communicator, yes. you have to be able to be literate. Yeah. You have to be able to speak clearly, uh, articulate what you are saying, understand what you are reading, um, understand what you are writing, understand how to solve a math problem. How are you going to understand a large and, and, uh, multiplication problem if you have deficits in reading? So again, reading impacts every content area. So you have to be able to understand how to read fluently. You know, that's the key word yes. is fluent. Yes. Are we <laughs> fluent readers? Do we understand what we are reading? So that, that's the key word here, being a fluent reader. And again, that arithmetic, that language acquisition, and decoding to become reading comprehension. That arithmetic has to happen to affect, <clears throat> to affect all of our learners to become bulldog pride. So I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what I want our learners to be is bulldog pride. When we leave to become college and career ready, when we become citizens, that is what we want to be is bulldog pride. Yes. Well, I want to thank everyone today for joining us on this episode of the Manly Marlin yeah. podcast. It is exciting to know yeah. that literacy and early childhood literacy is our number one 
priority and yes. focus. Yes. We look forward to seeing you next time here at Mainly Marlin.